Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cleaning and Cocktails. You know me, Ricky Regalado from all the R brands, right? Route, Rosalado, RCM. I won't go too far into that, but you know the purpose of the show is to bring people in from the cleaning industry, whether they're cleaning business owners, manufacturers, suppliers, software uh, solutions, coaches, mentors, um, and in this case, a, a family-owned business that's grown to be a massively huge privately held business. Topic is, right? The fact that these two built a business over the last 25 years, went through acquisitions, went through growth to then sell the company, a topic in itself. We haven't had a topic like this on this show. I'm super stoked here, Frank, Karen, to, to introduce you guys to my world, for the world to get to know you guys. Because um, like I was telling you about this earlier is we haven't talked about this, right? Our audience is primarily small business. Um, there is mid-size, there is large-size businesses that listen and watch the show too, but I feel like this is vital for them to hear the, your story because what did we just laugh about before we got on is it can happen. The, the hard work, dedication, commitment, peer, time, and we can, and, and many businesses can get to where you guys got to. Um, so again, there's going to be so many nuggets here, you guys. I got, uh, they're out of New Jersey, and I correct me if I'm wrong, I got Bridgewater, New Jersey. Right. They've been in the business for over 25 years, over 4,000 employees, cleaning over 90 million square feet. You heard me right, 90 million square feet. Uh, it's a woman-owned business, like I said earlier, one of the largest privately held businesses here in, in the United States of America. Went through two acquisitions, got to the point where they were, they were acquired, you guys, as of November last year. But that's enough for me. Those are some quick facts. I like to help you guys get an understanding of who the guest is. I'm going to stop talking because I talk too much. But Karen, <laughs> Frank, take us, you know, take us on this journey. But before I do that, I want to give you guys a cheers. Okay, let's do a cheers because cheers. you guys heard cheers. me right. Started with two thousands of employees, hundred million dollar size revenue company to be sold. It's like triple cheers for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ricky, honor of uh, Karen's Cuban heritage, we also have cigars that will. Nice oh. See, and you guys know what? You don't even know, but at some point it was going to be cleaning cocktails and cigars, triple C. Oh, triple I just can't C. smoke. I, like it. I can't smoke cigars in this office here. So when I get a humidor room, I'm adding a C. <laughs> so again, I'm done. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I did the intro here, guys, because uh, I just wanted to kind of really set this one up because, uh, again, you got the accomplishments these two have made. Uh, you, mad respect to you guys. Take it away. Uh, Take us on this journey, you guys. Sure. So, Ricky, just to start, um, just really thankful for having us. And, you know, we've been following you and your journey and, and your passion and your energy and your vision. And they're all very impressive. So uh, honored to be part of this uh, podcast and uh, look forward to meeting you in person sometime soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. Rick, congratulations on your success. And I love this energy. This is great. And what we can share to help future owners to say, stick with it. You can get there. We're going to get there together. So love it. Nice. Thank you for nice. Us. You guys said together, stronger together is something I love to say. So oh, yeah. you, could, you couldn't have said it better. Um, but yeah, you guys, I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to start. So I'll let you guys just really take us, take us there. Start from the top, the journey. The journey, the journey. Journey, sure. So 
started um, working for a family-owned business after uh, a small stint in corporate America and decided corporate America definitely wasn't for me. Uh, went to go work for a family-owned business doing mechanical engineering and uh, HVAC uh, service and installation. And I loved it. I loved the uh, smaller size company, really being able to touch people's lives, make a difference, make an impact. So for seven years, I worked uh, for uh, my father, and it was the best experience ever. Um, decided I wanted to stay within the building services arena and had an opportunity to go work for a company um, in Newark that was doing probably at the time about 90% janitorial, and they started a little bit of mechanical. Um, when I was hired by them, they really wanted me to grow their mechanical division, and I saw that they didn't really have the infrastructure yet. So boy, did I learn janitorial quite quickly. And um, what I learned was that it was an industry that is, um, it's hard work. And the staff that was working out in the field, um, they weren't really as as noticed as, you know, as the technicians were in the industry that, that I had come from in the mechanical side. The mechanical side, they were really working more with the customers on a day-to-day. -day. And I remember this one time, it brought an RFP back uh, to uh, the office and I was like, you know, here's the scope of work and here's what we need to do. And the folks were like, well, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do this. And we're not going to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to let my customer know that. They're like, oh, no, no, no. You don't let them know that. I'm like, what do you mean you don't let them know that? And they said, listen, you know, that's part of this industry. And I said, but in the, you know, in mechanical engineering, you know, you have to do what you say you're going to do because otherwise the systems won't work. So it was kind of the little light went off for me that there was an opportunity here. And there was an opportunity after I really started to learn the industry a little bit more, there was an opportunity to make it better and uh, also to treat employees better, be transparent with customers, and also, um, you know, be be the type of company that you want to be transparent. You want to share with your customers that this is not always the, you know, the scope of work that you want to be able to, uh, you know, adhere to. Let's alter it so we can fit within your budget. And so I decided Karen, just... Karen, I wanted to jump ahead. in because for people to know, if you go to their website, transparency is one of, you know, they call out transparency. So it's funny. I, I like... I mean, again, you just proved out that was in the beginning that you thought yeah. of the word transparency. So yeah. again, makes sense. You guys will know if you see the website, but yeah, continue, continue. Frank added it to the logo, but it was yeah. definitely the, the vision and the mission. But uh, yeah. that's how it all, that's how it really started was, you know, never ever did I think in 1997 and, and from 95 to 97 that we would be even outside of the tri-state area, no less nationally. It was, and, and the business, I never started the business to um, be rich. I really started the business because I really cared for the employees. And I really felt if we could create an environment where we're promoting from within and giving people an opportunity and, you know, just having, I think having that corporate background and seeing, you know, coming from a training and development area and seeing, taking that type of model from corporate and then applying it into the, the cleaning service industry, I thought, you know, what a great match that could be. So yeah. I think it's, as always, just looking for opportunities um, 
and you know where there's misses in in the industry that you're in and being able to be able to fill those gaps no karen you know what that again see it's i always start with letting you guys do and then i just hear stuff and it just triggers stuff and i mean what you're saying is is so real and so true where you know it, it is a struggle to get to get past a certain mark where you have the ability to have a chief people officer, right? A yeah. and a, a a loyalty, you know, a client success manager, or these titles that corporate America has, and you know they have them yeah. for a reason. But yeah. it's like from the ground up building, it's hard though, because you you wear those hats, and and you're so you want to do it like you just said for the people and build a people focused co company. But our culture yeah. our culture is so money driven. Uh, yeah. That people miss miss that they miss that. Yeah, so six months in, and I have to get to the part um, because this is my main part here. Mm. Um, six months in, Bravo was awarded our first million dollar contract. Six months into existence. Six months in. Jeez. Six months later, we lost the contract. A company out of New York City that owned their own janitorial company bought the building and brought oh. in their own janitorial company. So that's a whole other story that that could be in a book, that part of the, what I, I went through there, oh how my I God, turned up that and around. down. Yeah. Talk about an up and down right, right there. I mean, crazy. The highs and lows of- Oh, you just, you just took me up and brought me right back down right <laughs> now. Yeah, so uh, all of, um, you know, I said, well, we have to quickly pivot here. Like what, 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 what has to get done? And I quickly realized that it's so much better to start out having 10 $100,000 contracts than that one $1 million contract. So the work that needed to get done was really just more grassroots, getting out there, getting contracts that are not going to be so top heavy that you lose them and your business is almost overnight gone. So I learned the hard way in, of what that looks like and just going out there and just really not going after those million dollar contracts anymore and really, you know, scaling it way down and being a top performer in, in that space and then taking it to that next level. So uh, I guess we were, uh, so uh, Rubens who um, came with me uh, in the first year, um, he was from the company that um, I had left and, uh, you know, he believed in, in what I was trying to do and he said, you know, I get it. You know, I want to treat people well and I want to treat our customers even better and, and give people what, you know, what they need. And, you know, he believed in that. And uh, here we were in three, four, five years and we're growing. And uh, there's so much on our plate and there were so many different areas that we wanted to improve and actually even implement. And that was our training and development, our QA and, and all these other areas. And you know, what had happened and the reason why I even decided to start my own business is just going in different, you know, walkthroughs. I was like, I wouldn't go work for them. I wouldn't go work for that one. And I decided I had to go out on my own. So lo and behold, about five years into me having my own business, I'm driving on the highway and I see this van and it is like a van, like out of like it's like out of Glamour magazine for cleaning contractors, right? It almost, I swear, I think the guy even looked like he had a tuxedo driving it because he was driving like perfectly. The van <laughs> was crispy clean. I mean, I've never seen a van that looked like this. So professional. 
So, you know, this is before the internet and before, you know, the resource that we have today. So what do I do? I follow the van for close to 45 minutes on the highway, completely opposite from the direction that I'm going. So I follow this van and it drives up to Kraft Foods. Now, can I say that one? So it drives up to Kraft Foods, this beautiful, like the facilities, like corporate, you know, corporate facility in, in New Jersey behind a gate. And I'm like watching them go up and it's, you know, I see the emblem and building service contractor. I'm like, gosh, darn, who is that company? Yeah. So I keep it in my notes, you know, back then I remember having like every single county of maps, you know, your, your Hagstrom maps and you would have all your different, this is way before like no, days and all no that. Google so I would have no Google maps. No Google maps. So, you know, I would write all my notes and I, I mean, I still saved all my spiral bound notes and I could probably fill, you know, a library with all my notes. And I wrote the note, I took the name down, I wrote it down probably about three to four months later, I had a customer call me up. He goes, I need you to meet someone. And I'm like, okay, well, who is that? He goes, Frank Wardzinski. And then he tells me the name of the company and I'm like, Whoa, I go back looking at my notes. I'm like, that, that's the company. That's the company. That's that's the sky. So I'm like, I got it. So we get a cool part. We were competitors. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, so I was, I was actually, go, I mean, that's, you know, again, you can't, you don't know this from websites and, and profiles. Yeah. I was waiting to know, like, were you husband and wife before this happened? And you're you're speaking to it, so go ahead, go ahead. It's a it's a love story. It's a love and story. A story all yes. come together. Yes. So what winds up happening? You know, I, 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 I'm watching a video production company, so we're we're, talk, we're talking documentary rights <laughs> right after this conversation. This is good. It's good stuff. There's good stuff. I'm leaving out a lot, but um, mm. I'm, I'm, this is Reader Digest version. So yeah. I wind up, uh, you know, meeting Frank and. Uh, I guess our first meeting, um, I was like, I need to get this guy. This guy is Mr. Mr. Building Service Contractor from the built from the van that I had followed the other day, yeah. a couple months ago. And uh, what can I do to get this guy to come work for me? And um, I think it was like upon our second meeting, you came in, and uh, I th I think at that point you were interviewing with some some of the big boys back at in New York. And I guess she kind of figured like, well, what have I got to lose with this one? Right? Like it was, like, what was going through your mind at that point? Yeah. My, my company I was with Ricky was going through an acquisition and, uh, uh, you know, a shout out to that group. They're no longer around, but Monarch building maintenance was okay. a, was a big contractor here on the East coast. And we were probably at that time, 60, $65 million in business, Great company. had all the corporate type of sites, all the pharmaceutical life science and, um, so I wasn't interested in necessarily staying through an acquisition and a mutual client <clears throat> shout out to Harold Campbell, um, kept pinging me you, saying, <laughs> you got to meet Karen and he's pinging Karen. You got to meet Frank. And, you know, I, I, I heard Bravo and I just didn't ring a bell and it didn't mean anything to me. And I, I remember, um, my sales staff would always get a BOMO newsletter that would come in every month. And the only thing I knew about BOMO, about Bravo was Karen Martinez and her picture was placed all over, you know, all the newsletters. And <laughs> she was at every show and she was, she was networking. She was, she was doing yeah. her thing. And I remember. I was working it, Ricky. <laughs> and I remember going to my sales staff that I do not want to see Karen Martinez in the next newsletter. I want to see all ah. the news to get out there. And, and this is so all pre-social media. This is pre-social yeah. media. That's all I knew about Bravo. And, 
And I remember coming on board and one of the first things I wanted to do was change that name. I just could not stand the name. It just didn't. You didn't it, like Bravo. It didn't Bravo. resonate with me. Now I love it. Well, now we, I'm so protected. Well, we know what, what happened is nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who went out on that one, right? Um, yeah, so this, so that was, um, you know, that was it. And, you know, Karen had a tremendous passion. She had a vision, uh, but she needed some help. She needed some help to get it. You know, she was working 22 hours a day. Um, you know, she, she, she'd be in the office all day, handling bill and payroll, going into the um, facilities at night, cleaning. After she cleaned, she went back into the office, handled all the invoices and, you know, everything that needed to be done. She literally was running, you know, 22 hours a day. Yeah. And, and right before I came on board, Karen um, left probably about two, three in the morning from the office after a 20 hour day. And she got in a very severe car accident. Oh, I like and, to forget about that. Yeah. And um, and the, the police officers and the emergency services said that she got very lucky with the car she was driving that um, she survived. So I fell asleep at the wheel. No, I never yeah. thought I could think, ever do something think about like that's, that. And those are, you know, I, oh, me and my wife always talk about like, not that you want to drink and drive, right? But like, it, you know how much more when you're tired, like you're. It's worse you than drinking. Yeah, you don't even know when you when you the eyes closed and they're so heavy. And especially at nighttime. So I, I, I feel you. So that was a moment where, you know, I was debating coming on. She was debating bringing me on. That accident happened and, and we, you know, we came together and, you know, never looked back. And so from that point forward, we just worked really collaborative and to Karen's credit, you know, she, she, she gave the keys and, and was able to, you know, allow me to drive and do some of the things that, you know, my, my background had the experience in. And so developing, you know, all the processes, all the improvements, all, all the programs, all the things that, you know, we always portrayed that we were bigger than we were because we needed to. Yeah. And, and so we were very aware of what the, what our competition was doing, what they weren't doing. Um, and we built an incredible team that, you know, all of us came from the industry, but we all came from an industry full of companies that um, didn't say, you know, they didn't do what they say they were going to do. And that was our, that was our, our model. That was our commitment yeah. that, yeah. Um, let's actually do all the things that those companies say they do, but they don't, and let mm -hmm. there be true value there for our clients. And that's that's how that was the foundation on how we built the company. So I just want to interject there. The um, so I had a huge reflection point, as you can imagine, falling asleep at the wheel, and I was touching everything, and I realized I'm reading all these leadership books, management books, how to grow a company, all these things. I'm like, what am I not doing? I'm not delegating. I'm not delegating. So hire your hire great people and let them do what they need to do and give them the autonomy to be able to do what they need to do and support them and give them the resources. And that was I think like I look at that as like a godsend that 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 accident, you know, as as terrible as it was, luckily I didn't get hurt, but um it was a true wake up call to get people, you know, to delegate, hire good people, make investments in that side. You can't touch it all. Um, and I want to just say, Frank always said, we always did portray that we were much larger. And I have to say that I would answer the phone in different <laughs> voices. I would say, oh. good afternoon, Bravo Building Services. And I would have <laughs> all different accents. 
Um, because at the time, our she has you know, many talents, Ricky. <laughs> my first contract was with AT and T, so AT and T, you know, they want to know that you're, you know, you're established, you're a big company. So, you know, I had to show that, you know, there we were established and had a lot more employees. So that was always helpful. The different uh, voices with the receptionist. Oh, that's awesome. But think, so you guys touch on something that is, oh, it's, it's something I, I harp on with with everybody is uh, not even just the first hire, but those there are pivotal hiring points that you have in your company that they, uh, we, I, I was talking about it yesterday. It's like you, you're able to jump to a higher mountain, right? Like you, you reach capacity. We all, we all do it as great as we think yeah. we are as leaders or as great as we are as business owners, you start to realize you have weaknesses. Um, and you know, what does everybody always in the beginning always tell you focus, yeah. you know, uh, improve your weaknesses, improve your weaknesses, exactly. like focus on your strengths. Exactly. Find somebody to do your weaknesses. And you're right. The word delegate is used all the time, but are you actually delegating? Most right? people and don't. In your case, you guys, I mean, this hire catapulted you to, to the, that whoever that next hire was and then the next hire. Yeah. And that, right. Cause yeah. there's a point that we all need to realize, like, you know, we, we say it here, you know, we're a big family business and you know, everybody's like, Oh, Rick, nobody works nine to five here. We work, you know, nine to nine, 10 to 10, but it's, you could say that, but you don't have to expect that though. You know, like it's okay to work a nine to five if you're performing and everybody's accountable and responsible and they're holding up their end. Um, but yeah, I, you guys hear it here, right? This is a, a, a company that's grown to the size it did and, and they're harping on the first hires, you know, like, yeah. again, again, this is an important piece uh, that I, deserves its own episode. Uh, hiring is and I'd love to say Ricky that we that we nailed every one of them along the way and the reality is you know we didn't you know there was lessons learned through, throughout that but we, we nailed really critical ones and um, they were scary I mean Karen bringing me on she always loves to tell everyone she paid me more than she was paying herself at the time I still don't I believe did. it no I, I don't did. believe it but Mr. Machine uh, I did <laughs> no, but, but, but always knowing it's, it's more than about money then Karen right and, and, and frankly it is. that's where yeah you know, you, it's not that somebody costs that it's, that's how valuable it is right there. Cause that's where us as leaders have to realize, like you got, you got to sacrifice. If, is, is this about the bigger picture? Is this about growing? Look at, I could tell you guys had the vision that you knew you were going to get to this size, um, even back then, but you're never, you would never have gotten here if you were the, the, the type of person that said, I need to be the CEO. I need to make all the money. Yeah. Cool. You're going to be by yourself. Like, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a team of five for, for the rest yeah. of your life. Our, our, whole, our whole concept was just the complete opposite of that. And so we just kept, you know, reinvesting back into business. And there were plenty of, of owners and companies similar in size to us that were probably personally more wealthy than we were at, you know, at the time because we just kept investing back into the business. And we yeah. just, in order to grow, you, you, you got to fuel. Yeah. You know, the, the growth and continue to add new layers and resources and capabilities. And, you know, it's not by mistake that you grow from, um, you know, operating in one state to operating in 17 states. And, and how do you do that and how do you support that? And it's all about yeah. investments. In the Very early so, on, I remember still. Oh, I'm sorry, Rick. No, no, I was, I was going to say, uh, Karen and, and Frank, I mean, this was a question I, I wanted to make sure I didn't pass over because in our <laughs> spaces, uh, you know, other than BSCAI or ISSA or BOMA and these, you know, industry uh, organizations, you you guys have won a lot of 
accolades and awards and, and really the word recognition. Because what do you guys know? We talked about it earlier. Uh, a mechanical engineer, right, is going to get more recognition than a janitorial technician, if they're even called a technician. You know, people call us yeah. cleaners. But how important was that for you to 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 get that recognition? And, and, and you know, awards are awards, but I feel it's more about being recognized. Did, did that prove out to you guys that you were on the, the right track of the decisions it, you made? You know, Karen has a, an impressive one, but uh, mine was actually from, from the industry. So in 2014, I won the Walter L. Cook Award from BSCAI. And, you know, that was that came as a surprise, but, you know, it also, that award comes from your peers in, in the industry. And so it just confirmed for me that, that we were making an impact, we were making contributions, you know, to the industry and, and, and making the industry a better as, as a whole. And so, you know, that one is, you know, displayed proudly in my office and I look at it often for, for what, you know, what it represents and all the previous winners of that award. And so, you know, that's something that um, from an industry perspective just really meant a lot to me. That was uh, awesome. Really well, congrats. Powerful. Really powerful. Isn't that an awesome award? award? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's because you, you think about us as professionals when we, you know, outside of, of college or high school, uh, there's not that many awards anymore, right? Like 90% of this, the people are, are, are employees or team members or you're part of an organization. Um, and yeah, you have your, your own awards within your company, but to get awards from the industry or, you know, publications, which, you know, I don't care. And I saw a lot for yourself too. Don't hold yourself short. But like, it, it just, for me, being be recognized, it, it does matter. It, it, it keeps you pushing to know that, um, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Well, Karen's got a great one from uh, EY. You nominated me for the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur yeah. of the Year Award, which I was, first of all, I was, I couldn't believe that I was even, you know, considered, you know, even, um, you know, at that level. And then we. What year was that? 12? Uh, I think it was four, 2014. 12 or 14, I think. The I would say if it's 14, then 14 was a good year for both of you. It was a good year, right? <laughs> <laughs> eight, nine, they were like, no, I think it was 2014. Um, so I think they were like eight, nine, 11 years. They were they were in that age group because we brought them to the awards. So anyway, um, uh, I had one and uh, it was their 25th year uh, event for EY. So it was, it was a process that I went through that I was like, this is amazing. I mean, I brought my our children and Frank and my parents came and uh, it was like the Emmys award. It was yeah, like the it was, it, was amazing. Time, right? it was great. So I had a video done. They came in, they did all types of uh, forensic accountant, check the books. And you know, that's something I, I, I want to just add. It's so important to keep clean books, clean books. Uh, oh, yeah. know, we're getting to stuff. tips here. We're, we're getting to yeah. tips here coming Assets. up. Got, I, yeah. Good stuff. I'm, I'm waiting for the, for the magic recipe, the secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> You let us know when you have it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, you know, in my category, I think it was um, business services and the videos start running and it's, you know, business number one, business number two. And I, I mean, these are such impressive organizations. I was like, I was telling my family and if, if mommy doesn't win, you know, it's okay. I'm just so happy to be here. Like, this is just such an honor to even be considered here. Uh, the CEO of Covance won that year, the uh, CEO of Investor Savings, and all these people are going up and they're accepting their awards. And I'm like, honey, thank you. Thank you for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Where's the door? And I was confident <laughs> she was going to win, Ricky. So we brought our girls, right. our little girls, and they all get dressed up. And until I started to see the videos being played yeah. for all of the other folks in the, in the same category being nominated, and I sat there and said, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Maybe I should take the girls home early. It's going to be good. <laughs> And then when they made the announcement that I won, I was like, whoa, I get up to the podium and I'm like, okay, I am following like major, like fortune 100 and, and major CEOs here. And I got up to the podium and I'm like, I am the chief cleaning lady and proud yeah. of it. And everybody was like, kind of taken back at that moment. Yeah. And, you know, I gave a speech from my heart, um, that was really, you know, just for, you know, just for cleaning for our cleaners, just how hard they work and they're never thanked and they're never recognized. And, you know, when you go to your building tomorrow night and you're in your wherever you are, thank that cleaner. You know, that's what makes our country great. Like we come here, um, you know, looking for opportunities and these are the opportunities. Don't overlook these people. And. All, and I was like, you know, talking about the our country and so proud of being, you know, my Cuban grandparents left and they had nothing. And, you know, I came here, um, you know, to make this this opportunity for us. Wow. The entire room started to stand up and they were applauding. And I was like, wow, you know, like this is it's amazing. And, and you know, which for me, you know, giving back to others that want to be able to build a business and yeah. make something and believe in capitalism. I think no, and, and that's and, what's so great about this country is you can make it. You can and really and Ricky, the inspiring part for our girls was, was that she was, I was actually, Karen was the only woman that. Yeah, Frank, I was going to touch on that. Like you guys having girls 15 and, it's, and it's Karen up there yeah. receiving the award. And I, and I, I just want to touch on this because it's like, you know, Frank, you know, me and you, not, yeah. not that, you know, the men don't get as much recognition or more recognition, whatever. Um, I have a lot of listeners that, that are women-owned, Karen, and they say, you know, they want more, right? They they want to they want to see more. Just, a lot of women-owned that you know they've got kids at home, they're thinking about being entrepreneurs, they want to launch a cleaning company, they feel they can do it, you know, and they're like, Rick, you've got some great stories. Can we get some more women? Well, guess what? Here's a great story of that happening right there. And you know, she's she's a Cuban, yeah. uh, Cuban descent immigrant family came here with nothing like. It's the American dream. I know this was later on. I, these are one of my talking points, but it really is like this. This America, the foundation of America is blue collar. Blue collar is the workforce. Nine percent of the workforce jobs in America come from the cleaning industry. Yeah. Right. So you're right. Like cleaners don't have a face. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, we're we're price gouged. We're underbid. We're uh, because why they don't want to pay the rate to then be able to pay. You know. Look, when you think of a twenty dollar an hour cleaning job, people are like, "What do you mean? How can you pay twenty an hour? That's it's crazy." Right. You should pay thirty. Right. You should pay forty. Right. right? Like. And they again, would, is, Ricky. Uh, they would if we didn't weren't always beating each other up. If we were beating <laughs> each other up, if we work together. Yeah. Right? We're, like we're, if, I mean, where if we raise the bar, raise the bar, like and all, and this is exciting. So this is we're gonna. But we're it's, gonna it's deep pretty simple. It's it's not that it's simple. If you just follow this formula, what you put into it is what you get out of it. In this industry, I believe in that. What you put into it is what you get out of it. And and that's where that that hard work, sweat and tears. You know what? It that that climb and those hardships and those points in time where I was eating crackers for dinner, 
let me tell you, I wouldn't trade that for the world because nah. it made us who no we are today. You know? Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's so, it, 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 and you can hear it in your voices too, right? Like you get, the fact that you guys remember some of the scenarios, you know, vividly, I mean, that, that tells you, you paid attention back then because you, you probably knew at some point, I got to remember those times because it is going to make you who you are today. Yeah. I still I mean, get this goosebumps, is not a get goosebumps rich now quick. just kind of thinking through those. Yeah. They're real. This is, they, this had, is, they had an impact. It's not a get rich quick industry. Um, you know, yeah. when people say, you know, million dollar companies and, you know, six figures and seven figures, don't look at it that way. Right. Yeah. But to, not to say that's not, those aren't goals. And, you know, again, <laughs> money is a motivator. It's a, it's a drive. And, and I have to ask this question, right? Is were there moments, because I feel, you know, 90% of our industry doesn't even make it to a million in revenue, guys, you know? So, but is there moments when you guys went from zero, you know, well, you probably went to a million quick, but one to five, five to 10, 10 to 50 million, like at that in that journey, like, is there anything you guys can, can touch on to just say at 10 million, we, you know, this stuck out to us or at 50 million, yeah. this happened? Is there any anything you guys can, can relate on that? Yeah, I, I don't know that there's, you know, that, that magic pill there, but I, I you know, having those targets w w is always important, right? So uh, having those revenue targets and they were always targets for us. Like we wanted to get to 5 million, we wanted to get to 10 million, we wanted to get to 15. We just kept wanting to move the goalpost, but you got to, and we said it earlier, you have to continue to invest, you know, in the business. So how, how do you, build out a whole safety program? How do you build out the training program, the HR? You know, we, we won the BSAI safety award 11 out of 12 years. That's not that's not by accident, it's by making those investments. So what we've always done is um, carve out one extra percent of profit and move it into your overhead. And so for for every, every time that we grew $5 million, Karen and I would never wait in for growth to occur over 25 years, we've grown every year over year. And so we anticipated growth. Exactly. We serve way too many companies waiting for it to get that contract and then make the, you know, make the investment. They're, they're that terrible word in our industry called reactive. Yeah. Never be reactive. Yeah, oh, never proactive. Yeah. And so for our, yes. our model was that if we were operating at a certain overhead percentage, you know, we would always, every $5 million, move an additional 1% from profit into overhead. And so when $5 million, you know, on twenty million dollars, you get you'll get two hundred thousand extra in in overhead, and over time, as you grow, that adds up, and that's a lot of headcount and a lot of support positions that that you can add, and it's in addition to your existing overhead structure, and so that's what I mean by constantly reinvesting in in, in the business. Don't get content, you know. Don't, don't get comfortable because we never allowed each other to ever be comfortable with the business. We always challenged each other. Always. But you have to make those investments if if you're if you have any visions of playing with the big boys because they have all the resources, and we always looked at ourselves as you know, you know, kicking the big giants in the legs and just you know doing extremely well with doing them, well. and and beating them on anything other than price because we couldn't beat them on price. Yeah. No, we exactly. beat them on capabilities, performance, outcome. And it was because we built that infrastructure that allowed us to be able to, to perform. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, you guys touch on some great points there. It's, it's like, it's, it's mindset. You said it earlier too. And I forgot to touch on it at that point is uh, perception. Like you guys said you were, you could have perceived you to be larger than you were, but it's because you acted upon that. And I think that that's pretty important because especially now with technology innovation, 
uh, you know, I've been told by some companies, right? I've seen it with other companies. My own self is, you know, d down to, I've seen a, a kid, you know, I say a kid because he's young. Uh, he's got a $200,000 a year company, but you would think he was a million dollar a year company because he's got systems, processes, right. flow charts, workflow. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> Love it. You're only 200,000 revenue and you've got all this automated, but it's perception. Yeah. And Ricky, it's, when we were 5 million, we were compete? telling people we were 10. When we were 10, we were telling them we were 10, <laughs> and we believed it. And that was the key part. Yeah. And it's all that it was a motivator. Well, you believe it. And, and, yeah. and, and how do we get there? You know, the other thing that the, the number one question when I'm at BSAI or meet other smaller BSCs, um, I get often, they know we operate in the Northeast and, and unions. And, you know, there's a lot of trepidation out there about unions and, you know, what that all looks like. And, you know, a message that I, I'd love to leave is, you know, embrace the unions. If you operate in any large city and you want to play on any large facilities or contracts, at some point you're going to have to make that decision for your company. We had to make it early on 20 years ago. And, and you know, today I sit on 11 different bargain um, committees across the country and I've seen, you know, so many small companies that um, get introduced to an opportunity to take a building, a union building, non-union, and they just get crushed by, by that decision. And so early on, we learned to just embrace the union. We wouldn't be the size that we, we are without the union because we would be shut out of so many large contracts. And so, you know, every business decision, every business owner has that decision to make for themselves, but some of them um, are, are scared because they just don't have the experience or aren't exposed to it. And, and there's a lesson there to, you know, learn as much as you can, embrace it, but there's an opportunity there. No, you know what, I mean. Go ahead. No, Karen and Frank, you guys, I, I mean, it didn't even cross my mind. I didn't realize that you guys were a union contractor oh, yeah. where that just brings me to, you know, I might have you guys on here a second. Right? It's <laughs> union, union, non-union. Yeah, I think 3,000 of our, it, almost 3,000 of our. That's an episode of union. its own because you just, you just nailed it. Like for me in Chicago, if I want to be a Try. 40, 50, $100 million company, I will not get there. Uh, you know, you maybe. Embrace the union. But no, you're going to continue to get there if, to bid on the smaller projects that are not yeah. union, and and you know it's going to take forever. It's going to take forever. It'll take forever. And if you want yeah. some yeah. scale, um, and and listen, there's there, there, there's opportunities there too when it comes to you know the labor market that we're in right now, right? And wages and benefits, and th th there's oh, opportunities yeah. there to embrace. I just there is. To share. There is. I've been open to it. Yeah. I think it's important for the women to hear because I think, in, especially in the Northeast, it's intimidating for women. And now you're dealing with the union. So prior to Frank coming on board, I remember, you know, learning about a New York meeting and there's like no instructions of where the meeting room is at and how to, so I'm like, geez, like, how do you find this place? So I finally, I guess I'm like 20 minutes late. I think you said to me that you were in that particular meeting and I walk in and the entire group of men in suits just turn around and I'm like, is this the SEIU meeting? Yep, this is it. And <laughs> I was the only woman in the meeting and I took a lot of notes, but already a union contractor at the time. But I have to say, um, you know, I never- And all the guys are like, who's this woman that just showed she? up? But, you know, <laughs> I think it's important, um, you know, for, for, for many to hear that. And, and Frank made a good point because you want to embrace it very, very early on. Make yourself uncomfortable. Make yourself, put yourself in situations where like, this is crazy, this is crazy, but you go and you do it because you're going to get ahead of all the rest. 
And that's what gives you the edge to do the things that make you uncomfortable, that give you the butterflies. I mean, I walked out of that meeting and I was like, whoa, this is big time, but I'm here. And it probably got you excited. It did. Right? Like, did. That's when you know you're, you're like... Yeah. Nervous and as hell. They, and they didn't make it easy to find the room. Like, yeah. this is the room that they've been meeting in for probably like I feel like it was years. on purpose. Like, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, her name's Karen? Oh, no, yeah, we got to say that. And Ricky, the other thing I wanted to add, and it's it's um, it's more relevant now, you know, with, with our recent exit from the business, but, you know, you touched on earlier being a minority business. And, you know, that was something that we, we never built the business based on being a minority business. But the fact that, it was a minority business. And if that was important to a client, great, you know, we can check that box, but it was never a motivator to say, hey, give me with it because we're minority. Yeah. And the lesson learned is that um, be careful and, and diversify your business as you grow it to where you're not that large minority certified business because know what your exit is. And, and because upon exit, that becomes a completely other challenge because minority certified firms don't transact well they get discounted oh, and because gotcha. they because they can't transition to a new owner well because you, you'll lose your minority certification yeah. and so we see this move towards you know minority owned firms and they all have a vision of exit at some point but if you're unclear of what that exit is and you think you're going to sell to you know, uh, a strategic in this space or private equity in this space or publicly traded, um, you're, you're going to wind up facing some challenges that maybe weren't on your radar and you're not going to get the valuation that you think you you you, 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 you wow. deserve. I did not. I had no I did not even think about that. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I, like, it's sort of a hidden secret out there, but. Yeah. It's it's, it's 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 well known at the but same the time. NMSD, That's important. Yeah, the NMSD <coughs> represents um, most of the uh, I'm a part of that. I'm a part of MSDC. They they have some nice strategies out there to assist with it. It's recently. not it recently. It's not a hundred percent, but it's it's really helping to level out the playing field. So I think it's really important that you know you do, you do your homework, you do your research, and you yeah. know you go into a building, you go into an owner, you say you're going to hire me because I'm the best there is. I'm competitive. I'm the best at what I do, and I, I'm going to be your best service contract. Who's going to say no to that? They're not going to say. Nick, care whether you're a woman a martian they're not going to care they're just get the job no, you're, you're right that's yeah i mean that's actually my friend just echoed that uh he was sitting in on a meeting because uh, we had a separate venture that we, we we were dealing with but he was listening to my pitch when i was talking to another group of contractors and we were going back and forth and he heard the minority owned. he's not a minority owned uh, business himself he's in a separate industry completely okay but he's like rick let me ask you man He's like, I heard your pitch and I heard, I heard you talking about, you know, minority owned status and blah, blah, blah. He's like, but is it, what happened to just, he's like, why can't just the best business win? Right. Like, can the best business win? And the fact that you are a minority is just an icing on the cake. Got or a it. Plus. That's the great. And it's like, can you lit, can you, can we just lead with be the best business one? Obviously prices always went up, you know, yeah. that, that, but just be the best business. Ricky, that's what we've always done. We had the best programs. Okay. And at the end of the day, oh, by the way, yeah, sure, we have this if this is important to you. But it, but we really, and more so because Karen, you know, entered a male-dominated business 25 years ago. And, and so we really were focused on building the best business and company and outcome. And, and that was our focus. Yeah. And, and not necessarily yeah. just give us, you know, at the end of the day, by the time that we transacted, I don't think... 
you know, the diversity piece was more than 10% of our overall business. Um, but still at that size and scale, it's, it's, you know, it, it's a yeah, cool chunk of business, man. I mean, you're, you're, and this is crazy. Cause like I, you know, I'm minority owned, Karen, you know, woman owned yeah. minority as well. And it's like, you, we're not saying it's great to be a minority owned. I love it. Right. It's a, it's a, I, I love 86% of my company is Latino. Like that's love it. But if, if you're saying to the client, I delivered the best results. I have the best efficiencies. I have the best solutions. I have the best approach. None of that has to do with diversity. Who would say no it's, to that? Who would say yeah, no to that? Yeah. Nobody's going to say no to that. say no to that. And we're a huge right, proponents well, way of, off topic. of inclusion. Way off topic here. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. This is good, though. This Again, like you got, we have those listeners that are, are listening, and I hope they listen. Like, we're not saying don't. Don't uh, relish it and, and, and put it in your in your proposal and your service delivery presentation and speak on it, but just lead with uh, what makes you better, yeah. what makes you the best. Agreed. Really, in a nutshell. So another, uh, so some more questions because I knew this was going to go longer. It's going to go longer <laughs> than expected because there's a lot here. But you, Karen and, and Frank, yeah, what would you, Karen and Frank, 2022, tell Karen and Frank 2000 in 2000? Like, what, what what have you learned now that you would go back and say, uh, whether it's resource to take advantage of or just anything? anything yeah, for me, it was, you know, Karen and Rubens gave me the nickname early on, the machine. And and it was just because it's just constantly driving, pushing, you know, focused on, on the finish line, foot on the gas. And, you know, in reflection, I, I would have taken a lot more time to enjoy that journey rather than so much focus, you know, just crossing the finish line. Um, it seems like it's gone so fast. We've met so many people. We, we've impacted so many people. But I would have liked to just have it been a little bit slower to, to sit back and reflect. It was just constantly looking ahead and driving and driving. And now, I'm, you know, we're at this stage where I'm, I'm living in those memories and enjoying those memories that, that, that we had. And I wish I had some more time. Oh. Nice. That was sweet. Wasn't that nice? Karen's like, I can't even follow that up. I, I can't follow, follow that up. <laughs> um, I, you know. You'll be surprised. There's, there's so much that goes, you know, when you ask that question, that, that really, that, that's deep because 2000, um, you know, it was, there was a lot going on in, in the year 2000. Um, Frank didn't come on board yet. Um, I was doing a lot of different things that I shouldn't have been doing. As I mentioned, you know, that wake up call for me was delegation and, and uh, you know, hiring the right people to do the job and, and not try to control and micromanage everything. And I think, you know, today, um, you know, I don't, I don't see the letters that go out. I don't proof the proposals. I trust my team that they're going to get it right. Um, and, you know, I think today, um, you know, I wish back then, I would have, you know, lessened up some more of the reins and given more of the, uh, you know, that I didn't need to touch everything. Karen's name didn't need to be put on everything. Um, so definitely, you know, I think we all have egos um, for sure, but I feel like I've really humbled over the years and, you know, been through COVID really, really impacted um, so much. Uh, we lost many members of our team and um, what I'm grateful for is, is that I feel like we're finally, our industry is finally being recognized 
you know, things that, you know, mattered once before, you know, cleanliness next to godliness and, you know, all the things that we sometimes take for granted. And, um, you know, I think, you know, that's the most important. I, you know, I always feel like I wish I could do, I wish I could have done more for the individuals that left me, um, for opportunities that I didn't give them, you know, what could I have done differently? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, every time I lost either a manager or somebody, I would always say that when you lose somebody, it's because you didn't do something that you should have done, no matter what, no matter what was going on, it was either not the right hire or, you know, what, what was going on. So I think just so much of that, you know, understanding and getting rid of the ego and really understanding, um, you know, the, the talent and what it meant and, you know, just staying humble and um, yeah. keeping true to the core. Well, they, you got, I mean, there's some, you know, I got goosebumps over here. You know? <laughs> but you guys, you guys think about like, we, this is a people industry more than ever before, because, you know, the, the, the quality and the dynamic of the, the personnel, you know, the, the front lines, the, the, the cleaning technicians, I mean, they are, they're, they're low to middle income wages, right? Like these are people we have to, it's not money that keeps them sticking around. You know, it's a, it really isn't. No. So we have to do our best, like you said, to just, you know, and it hurts. It really does hurt. I, you guys have dealt with it way more than I have, but I don't like to lose anybody, right? No. Nobody wants to lose anybody, but it's, it, you know, if it happens, it's, yeah. It's you bad. learn, it's, you it's learn from every it's, single it's, one. Know? Ricky, every yeah, night, you, Karen and I would say that every night that we put our head down, yeah. it, our biggest challenge was always about creating opportunities. Yeah. And that's what really, you know, fueled that focus on growth because we knew that if we didn't create opportunities, we're going to lose people. We were going to lose people. We had and, to create and, opportunities. And what our team wanted more than anything was an opportunity to grow yeah. um, and, and advance their own careers. And so, you know, that was that was really our driver um, and continues to be today and why we, you know, eventually transacted with KBS. It was all about opportunity for our yeah. team. That was the number one drop. Yeah, see, that's why we get along. That's why we're going to get along very much here, guys. Is I literally, we just, I just talked about this. There's a, a quick post from Simon Sinek, and he was talking about a, a, a car, a, something to do with a car doesn't need gasoline, just like a company shouldn't be driven just off money or something. Like, I, I probably butchered it, got it wrong. Yeah. But the whole point is, you, you're, you guys just said it. The mission for you, the mission, you know, for me as well, I agree with you, is create opportunities. Right. Think about us. If, if we are creating opportunities and, right. and, and we measure success by, hey, I hit the 1,000 employee mark. I hit the 5,000 employee mark. How do you think we got there? By selling more contracts, by by inc increasing revenue. So it's don't worry that you increase revenue first to get to then pay for the employee. It's you create an opportunity first, change somebody's lives, positively impacted them. And yes, by the way, you also collect, you know, you received uh, uh, revenue or a new contract. Yeah. What's cool is the ones like, that sometimes yeah. that lost or left <clears throat> and we didn't, we weren't fast enough to get that opportunity to them. And we'd be like, Oh, you know, we knew it. We needed to work faster. And they would come back sometimes a year, two years later, they, you know, how many, how many individuals have come back over the years? Cause they realized the grass isn't greener and, you know, they come back and, and, you know, we're able to, you know, take them to that next level. They didn't, they weren't honest about, you know, what they wanted also. So we're able to have that open dialogue and be like, awesome. You want to be this, you want to be that. So I think it's, you know, having that open dialogue with your team and understanding what it is that, what are their aspirations? And, and we both came from the industry that nobody want, you know, that you're a cleaner, you're going to stay there, or you're going to be in that position. You're going to stay there. 
the most difficult thing for all of us is to take that person out of that job, promote them, and now backfill them. And that's what our industry doesn't do because they, they want to just keep that person there. We've always just, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to make it harder for ourselves because that person deserves that opportunity. If, if you're doing a really good job in this box here, imagine the, the impact you can have in exactly. such a larger you know, yeah, box. And that's, that's always point. been the culture. I mean, you look at our seniority yeah. list of people and it's just, there's people that have been with us. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, you know, over 10 plus years. And it's that's like, a big, that's a, huge. that's a stat to talk on, it's right? Huge. Like that's, that's, that makes you feel good. You know, it like, makes us feel great. That's, that's a big deal. It's a fan. Yeah. It really is a, you know, it's, it's our work family and, and we love our Bravo yeah. family. So they, it's they, pretty cool. They often so tell us they bleed Bravo blue. And so that's, that's <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's awesome. Right. That's your brand. That's your, that's your baby. That's your brand. That's, that's what you stand for. Um, and you, cause you spend so much time, you know, and I could tell you guys have a passion for that. Uh, and, and I feel like that's kind of was going to answer some of one of the next question I had was, which that kind of is like the framework of what, what you're saying is creating opportunities. But is there is there a tool? Is there a, you know, a, a, a workflow or or a best practice for us entrepreneurs and small business owners as we try to get to mid mid level? Right. And and grow the business. Like, is there. Again, more tips of the trade, right? But yeah, because um, people want to know. People want to know as many nuggets as they can. So I think can I can I extract maybe a tool or a framework from you? Yeah, guys? I, I I think for us, you know, Karen and I always had accountability with with one another, and so we would always, you know, the husband wife thing never showed up in the business or the, or, or or the office, and we always really and we try not to take it home. <laughs> we always held each other accountable, but we also, and Karen's, you know, got there before me. I always say Karen gets to the finish line before me, but, you know, she was big into peer-to-peer networking groups, you know, outside of us. And, and I was always like, I have a network. I have great peers. I can go to them anytime. I don't need this, you know, third-party group, but Karen pushed us to, to both enter different peer, peer-to-peer groups. And the impact that it's had on, I think on the business and us has been profound because, you know, we had the ability to be able to have other individuals outside of our industry, highly successful, hold us accountable, sh- share their vision, share our challenges. Um, and so we both belong to, to, to groups that have definitely fostered, um, you know, accountability elsewhere in our organization. So, you know, I, I would de- definitely recommend to, to listeners out there, you know, find those groups that are in every major city um, and look outside of your normal network because it's going to, it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to allow you to grow. And, you know, I think that's one. And then two, one of the things that we started doing years ago, um, really important to always have a pulse. I, I, you know, I used to tell our team a lot. I, I hate to be sucked. Love that word. Pulse of the business. I, pulse of the business. I and love the last it. thing that yep. any of us wanted to do was, was be sucker punch where a client calls up or, or you lost somebody and you didn't have a pulse of that. And so Karen and I instituted um, leadership huddles. And, and we started every day and then we moved it to twice a week. So Mondays and Thursdays, first thing in the morning, our leadership all huddles with us and they get 15 minutes to tell us what's on their radar, what's going on. And that really allowed Karen and I to dictate our day and our week in terms of where's the team need us? You know, where can we make the biggest impact? And, and that has, you know, that's been going on for years now, but it gives us the pulse that we need on, you know, high priority items. We can hear from our team, you know, what they're focused on. And then we pivot and, and we divide and conquer. And, you know, so those are two things, Ricky, that I would say had had benefit on us. Yeah, I think that that's that's a great one because uh, it's definitely the pulse, because I think at the end of the day, the last thing 
Frank and I were so passionate about never losing a contract that we didn't even have a process in place about yeah. when we did lose a contract. And we're, we're like at 55, 60 million. We're like, we don't have a process of when we lose a contract. Like, and we realized I that. I fought that tooth and nail. We, we're just not going to get comfortable with oh, yeah. contracts. Yeah. So like, I don't get it when people talk about exit interviews. I'm like, what do you mean exit? Don't do <laughs> no, there's, a, there's no, no exit interview. That's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, it's, you know, and that's really important because we all know that if you're not seeing your customers and if you do not have that pulse or there, you know, somebody in your team feels like there's a change or something going on and they could pull you in early on. That's awesome. Another thing I wanted to add was, I think we waited too long to make a transition to our, so in our software. Um, we were, we were, you know, basically day one. It was Barnes and Noble, QuickBooks, and then, um, you know, kind of day, you know, probably uh, three years later, you know, advanced to the QuickBooks Enterprise. But, you know, here we were now 10 plus years in and we're switching to, you know, a major platform. So it took us a while, um, you know, and by that time we were already at about it was more painful. 50 plus million. <laughs> You know, three different divisions, you know, acquisitions. Oh, it, it was a painful, painful uh, implementation. So, you know, I feel like we did it with our, you know, our professionals that we surrounded ourselves in, that we would go to the large professionals, whether it was accounting, whether it was whether it was um, attorneys, whatever it may be, and, and meet with them and say, listen, I'm your smallest company now that you're doing business with, but it's my goal to be one of your top five. And they'll listen to you. You know, you have a business plan, you make that forward. But I feel like we should have done that much earlier on, on the software side would have made things a lot easier. You know, that I say, yeah. I want to grow into this, you know, top five platform and uh, you know, it wouldn't have been as painful. So those are some. See, and you guys, I didn't tell them to talk about software for many of you, you know, that I'm a software junkie and I'm a techie at heart. Uh, that's them talking. But I, I, I like that you guys did say that. Route. Like, yeah, for sure. Uh, is embrace it early on because it only makes things easier. And like when I was talking about that younger kid, you know, at 200K, this guy's got five softwares he's using already. Like, awesome. Imagine how easy it's going to be for him when he does get to a million and two and three. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I, great points. The, the pulse, man, we talk about that nonstop. The leadership huddles, that's another one. But peer to peer, again, you guys are just validating uh, things that people should be knowledgeable of right now, because uh, it, it, it is, uh, you know, with, with Zoom calls and, and social media these days, like these are things people should be hearing about. But this shows you, hey, you know, along your journey, this is important to you guys. So these are shared experiences. Again, everybody who's listening and watching, it's I'm not a guy who talks about advice or opinion. These are shared experiences. Yeah. Nothing better than something somebody went through to actually show you what, you know, just some kind of light at the end of the tunnel or path. Yeah, and, and Ricky, our transaction ultimately took probably 12 months. You know, it was a more of a complex transaction. And it was those peer-to-peer -peer groups that we both leaned on um, just, oh. you know, just to keep us real, keep us grounded, um, you know, throughout that process. And so... Or learn through their experiences. Sure. And Because yeah. uh, it's... Think about there's a... And there's a lot of them, you guys. I mean, we, we could name a few. I know here, personally, myself, I'm actually, you know... I was part of the Goldman Sachs alumni group, but, you know, talking to EO and, and YPO here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, but great one. it's just, and, and I like those, not that I don't like BSCI peer groups, but, you know, I have a group within the industry, but I think you guys would agree is 
it's okay to, to talk to other business owners outside of the industry because their perspective, I mean, you'd be surprised how many people have gone through something you've gone through. Absolutely. Um, they're dealing with the same HR problems. They probably yeah. know more about compliance than, than you're dealing with right now. So it's, it's yeah. really, a, it's, it's definitely a good move. It's a great investment. You know, it's thousands of dollars, but it's worth it is what you put into yeah. it is what you get out of it. There you go. That's a, there should be a motto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we, as we start to wrap, wrap things up, you know, I, I you know, it's a Friday night guys, again, thank you so much for, for being here with me. Uh, but is there anything I didn't touch on that you guys may, that you guys feel, Hey, you know, I'd love to, you know, drop a line about this. I mean, it, yes. anything that comes to mind? Our, our, Go for our it. quotes. Something oh, that yes. kind of like. Drop them. Yeah. So. Drop them. Well, before you do that, I think for me, Ricky, it's, it's, you know, the question that I ask Karen always throughout the years is, would you do it all over again? And, and oh. her, her answer through the years has always been very interesting. <laughs> Oh. You're like, here's a question you're telling me to ask her. So let me ask her. <laughs> That's not fair. I think, um, oh my gosh, yeah, because it's... it's uh, without knowing the results. Without knowing the results, I, I, I couldn't imagine not doing what I've done. Um, you know, for me, work was my bereavement, my healing. Um, my customers became some of my best friends today. And... Um, my employees that, you know, I'm hopefully going to be named godmother for many of their children one day. And I mean, it's, it's like, where would you get that? You know, for me, work wow. has been a healing and, uh, you know, being part of something that is a creation um, and to stay humble through that, I think is, I mean, gosh, it's just such a so, blessing. So the evolution of growth in, in life is as little as probably five years ago, if you asked Karen that question, Karen would say, gosh, no, I, I, I wouldn't do this all over again without knowing the results. I gave up so I'm much here. and and she did. She sacrificed, you know, she started the business. I came in early on, but Karen started the business. She was the founder and she gave up, you know, she was eating crackers, as she mentioned, that's that's real. Like she was eating crackers and, you know, she had to beg, borrow. That's chapter eating. one, that's chapter one. Yeah, to, to, to make payroll. And so, you know, so for, you know, it's evolved over time, but I always enjoy kind of level setting with, you know, was this all worth it? Would, would you do it all over again? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I love the cleaning industry. Cleaning industry is phenomenal. You know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> this is no, the hardest. No. And that's what's so beautiful about this business it, is people think it's so easy. Oh, you go to Home Depot, you get some, you know, Rubbermaid buckets, you get some, you know, mops and, and you know, your cleaning products. You're in the cleaning business. They think it's so oh, no. easy. And that's what's so no incredible. The fail rate. Because it's so technical oh, yeah. and it's so process driven, you know, and it's process, oh, yeah. process, process. What process. they don't realize in order like, to have any type of scale, you got to have capital. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that too. That too. That, I mean, that, again, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Talking about banks and giving, getting access to capital early on. That's right. Uh, just a leading factor for people that don't make it is, uh, yeah, oh, that's a whole other topic. That is a whole uh, other topic. But, so the quotes, so, I would yes. love to see. So quotes, talk let's, let's talk about these quotes, yeah. Okay. All right, so the ones that I have near and dear to my heart are uh, the, the constancy of rain makes a hole in a rock, force does not. So, you know, that persistence, that really that constancy, and that's really what's so important about this business is, you know, you could do something great, 
259 days of the year, but you mess up that one time, that one time, that's what everybody remembers. So you have to have process, you have to be consistent and you have to kind of drive them and drive them and, and keep that going. The other that we all live and breathe by is do what you say you're going to do, because we say that all the time to our team. If you make a commitment, whether it's to a customer or to an employee, and you can't live up to that commitment, tell people, you know, do what you say you're going to do. It's really simple, but do it. And then the other, I think um, in um, 2000, uh, I read uh, Anthony Robbins' Unlimited Power. And in the beginning of the book, he has a paragraph, a quote in there from Ralph Waldo Emerson, you know, to know that one life has breathed easier because you have lived, you know, or to leave the world in, you know, some redeemed social condition. But, you know, there's, you know, that quote in itself is so simple, but it's really, you know, who, who what makes you? So those are some of my favorites. Oh, it's impactful. That's impactful. That's why I married her, Ricky. You see, hey, she's got she's got a book of quotes here too. I tell you, all it's right. all up here. I thought right. that good. No, that's what I said. She memorized it. I would have been like, "Where's my?" So it's it's sad. Okay. Awesome. Uh, and for me, Ricky, like right. Karen kind of hit on it. Mine with the entire organization. You know that do do what you say you're going to do, and it all comes back to integrity. So everything that we do in the organization is is based on integrity. Uh, my favorite one is is by Michael Jensen, who's a professor of business at, at Harvard Business School. And, and so I will share this with our team often. We do team building sessions, but it's without integrity, the workability of any object, system, person, group or organization declines. And as workability declines, the opportunity for performance declines. Therefore, integrity is a necessary condition for maximum performance. And so we talk about that a lot. Um, and that's just the foundation in which, you know, Bravo was, was really constructed. And the foundation is everything that you do, do it with integrity, do it with one another, with, but also have the ability to have workability because you're not going to have, you know, not everything that you do is going to have integrity. So have an out, have the ability to be able to yeah. have some workability around that. And, and we do that. And when people make mistakes, they come and they own it and, they, you know, they share it. And there are lessons learned for all of us. So those are my favorite. Man, so Powerful words here, guys. Powerful <laughs> words. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I got you could feel it though. Like the the meaning you guys have. I got you guys just didn't make this shit up. You know, no. like it's this is just years and years of being in it and and and, and with people and side by side, top view, bottom view. Like I could feel it. You know, I'm, I'm sure everybody else that's listening and watching is gonna is gonna feel it. But these are partners in life here, Ricky. So yeah, that, as, as we're to the end here, though. I, my final question is like, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're exited here. You know, I say we, right? Like, you're proud of it, Ricky. I've <laughs> made an exit here. So, I, what does what Karen and Frank do next other than, you know, you're going to be an advisor to Ricky, a board member? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, it, uh, like, what, what do you guys do? You know, obviously, people would think coaches, consultants, and stuff like that. But, like, what, what, is, what is next for you? That's down the road. I, I think the number one thing for us is we're, we're staying the course. And we're not okay. we're not going anywhere. So we're you know we're on board with KBS. Um, you know they've created a foundation for us to be take on bigger roles, and and um, our focus is to create those opportunities for our team. And we're excited by that. So we're not, we're not intending to go anywhere. We're hoping to be here long term and just be part of something much bigger. You know the consultant we sit on boards. You know all of that stuff um, we've been doing. It'll continue to, to come our way, and we'll embrace it. You know when they do. 
but right now it's not, we're not going to play golf. We're not going to sit on a beach. You know, everybody has that vision of us and that's oh, no. just not us. No. KBS, I have to say, they've done everything that they said they were going to do and then some, and I'm super stoked about what they want to do with us. I mean, they basically told us, you know, we want to get you guys to 500 to a billion dollars within the next five years and we want you on board. And I'm like, awesome. You guys are going to have to carry me on a stretcher because I want to live to see, yeah. you know, so I'm super That's excited awesome. about that. No, and, and then, I mean, you guys are hearing this, right? Is you guys have, were acquired. You could be doing the things that, you know, we were joking about, but uh, you're staying the course. Yeah. You're, do, you're doing what you just said you were going to do, yeah. right? You're, you're creating more opportunities. After Bingo. Your, op your opportunity pretty much could have ended right now, right? Like the opportunity was executed. You guys reached a pinnacle, right. but that, opp that opportunity just created another opportunity. So it. man. But, but all those companies out there where we could have walked away, it's why we didn't transact with them. We right. weren't, we weren't ready okay. to walk away. We, we were, yeah. what we wanted to do was to have a larger platform okay. in order to create those opportunities. And that's what KBS gave us. So. And think about, I mean, man, like, again, like, I just keep going, but like, it's, <laughs> you guys are, you guys are a large firm. You get a, you get a, you get, you know, you, you get acquired by a larger firm, but you just nailed it is this is what people got to think about the big picture, especially in our space. If we're going to level each other up is, there's always a bigger platform. It's what are you going to do on that platform to make a difference? Right. You guys are showing it even at that level that you guys are at. There's still another level. Absolutely. So, man, kudos to you guys. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers, Ricky. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> See, documentary <laughs> coming in hot. Um, but yeah, so. Again, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Frank and Karen, I hope you guys don't, don't, are okay with usually what we'll do is uh, there's a YouTube clip. You know, we're going to have a description of you know contact information, Bravo, you, LinkedIn profiles. Uh, there's going to be people that probably want to get a hold of you, reach out to you. I'm sure you guys are open to it. Sure. Uh, again, we're here to level each other up, empower the industry. Uh, just be stronger together, everybody. So thank you so much for being on Cleaning and Cocktails. I appreciate you. Next time, it'll be cleaning the cocktails and cigars. <laughs> and I'll bring this. Everybody else, thank, everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, uh, yes, cheers, cheers and enjoy the week. Continue Great. success. Thank you.